I'm Lauren McCarthy, and you're listening to Swan Song, a true crime podcast. mystery has a Texas family reeling and begging for answers. Where is Shonda Townsend? This is the scariest kind of case because this seems like a true abduction where maybe a stranger, somebody who had been watching her, actually takes her. You don't know, somebody could have been in that car waiting for her at her girlfriend's house. Before I jump into this episode, I just want to remind everyone that if you're interested in seeing photos related to this case, as well as a map showing critical locations discussed in the episode, please check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash swansongpod. Krishanda Leanne Townsend, who went by Shonda, was born August 21st, 1990. She was adopted by Butch and Carolyn Rittenberry and grew up in a houseful of adopted children in the town of Perrin, Texas, about an hour and a half northwest of Dallas. In 2010, Shonda was 19 years old, 5 foot 3, and about 120 pounds. She had brown hair with pink and blonde highlights, big brown eyes, and she rocked pink braces. She honestly has such a kind and almost innocent appearance. She really just looks like the type of person you would see and immediately want to be friends with. Shonda had a two-year-old son named Hayden that she absolutely adored and was raising him as a single mother. The father of her child was serving time in prison and they did not maintain a relationship. Shonda was described as always having a smile. She was very involved in youth programs at her church and attended Weatherford College part-time. She was a very loving mother and was working hard to ensure she could provide a great life for her son. It was the 4th of July in 2010, and Shonda left her son Hayden with her mother while she went to Lake Bridgeport with family and friends. She spent the day with her best friend Tiffany, who is also the mother of Shonda's nephew, as she has a child with Shonda's brother. They boated, swam, listened to music, danced, and popped firecrackers. Tiffany said Shonda was acting completely normal and nothing seemed to be wrong. After the day on the lake, Shonda drove Tiffany to Tiffany's boyfriend's house in the 1700 block of US 180 West in Mineral Wells. They ate a couple of hot dogs and Shonda used the home computer to check her Facebook. While she was on, she posted a new status that just said, I got this. A lot of people have speculated about the meaning of this post. I don't find it to be suspicious, as I know in 2010, my Facebook post didn't make a lot of sense either. They were mostly one-sentence postings with no elaboration. I think the way we use the site has changed so much over time that if she had posted this status update in 2022, it may seem a little bit more odd. At around midnight, Shonda told Tiffany she was going to head home as she didn't want her mother to worry. 
She texted her mom around 12.10 a.m. to let her know she was on her way. Shonda's mother, Carolyn, received the text and went to bed. She woke up around 2 a.m. and realized Shonda still had not returned home. This was unusual, as Shonda's drive from Mineral Wells to Perrin, Texas, was a relatively straight shot and should have been about a 20-minute drive. She texted her daughter and asked if she had a change of plans and decided to stay out. Carolyn went back to sleep. When Carolyn woke up on the morning of July 5th, she was confused as there was no sign of Shonda and her daughter never replied to her mom's text messages the night before. This simply wasn't like her daughter, who always kept her updated on her whereabouts and was a very responsible 19-year-old. Carolyn knew something was wrong. She began calling her daughter's family members and friends to determine if anyone knew where she was. Nobody seemed to know, and Tiffany told Carolyn she last saw Shonda when she left to head home the night before, around midnight. Shonda's mother tried to file a missing persons report right away, but she was told she would have to wait 24 hours. She was, however, allowed to report Shonda's car as stolen. Shonda was last seen wearing pink shorts and a black tank top over a black and white polka dot bikini and dark colored flip-flops. Shonda's family began searching for her. They called friends, hospitals, and even jails. They then drove around looking for any signs of her or her 1997 purple and gray Toyota Camry. At about 10 a.m. that morning, Mineral Wells Police checked the license plate number on her car after seeing it parked outside of a home where officers suspected drug activity occurred in the 800 block of Southeast 3rd Street in Mineral Wells. At the time, they did not know Shonda was a missing person. Several hours later, when authorities realized the vehicle was connected to a missing person, they returned to the scene. Occupants of the home the vehicle was parked in front of were questioned, and they denied any knowledge of the car. Both Tiffany and a member of Shonda's family told me Shonda did not use drugs and would never have taken her car into such a shady area. The car was locked, but the stereo had been taken, and it appeared to be in a general state of disarray. Photos of Shonda, her son, and friends were torn up in the backseat of the car. There was jewelry left in plain sight in the vehicle, which led investigators to believe that whatever crime occurred, robbery was likely not the motive. There was no damage to the exterior of the vehicle. The police notified Shonda's family of the discovery of her car and asked them to come pick it up. They did not process the vehicle for evidence. Shonda's family picked up her vehicle and drove it home, but later drove it to the police station and asked authorities to process it for evidence, as it was obviously used in the commission of some sort of crime. Two days later, the keys to Shonda's Camry were found in a grassy field across the street from where the car had been parked. Despite the disturbing find of Shonda's car, her family still had no idea where the young mother could be. In an article from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, 
Mineral Wells Police Chief Mike McAllister commented on the case. Several agencies, including the Texas Rangers, have worked tirelessly. Investigators have given polygraphs, searched locations with cadaver dogs, reviewed surveillance video, and questioned every doper and drug dealer in Mineral Wells. Police conducted ground and aerial searches, and the CUE, Center for Missing Persons, also conducted a large search. However, no sign of Shonda was found. Shonda's family distributed missing persons flyers and set up private searches for Shonda with volunteers to help locate her. Her aunt April set up a Facebook page to get the word out about her niece's disappearance called Help Find Missing Woman Shonda Townsend. Her family also made it clear to law enforcement and the public that Shonda would not have stopped her car for a stranger. After the police obtained Shonda's cell phone records, they discovered her phone last pinged in Pedenville, Texas at 2 a.m. Pedenville would have been on Shonda's route home that night. Then, her phone was either shut off or died. The phone has never been recovered. In March of 2011, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram reported a man named Jeffrey Maxwell, who was jailed in a sex assault case, was being questioned about Shonda's disappearance and suspected murder. In 1987, Jeffrey Maxwell was living with his wife in Oklahoma. His wife was attacked, bound with duct tape, sexually assaulted, and had her throat cut before she was left to die. She survived the attack and identified her husband as the attacker. But for some reason, a grand jury declined to indict him on a charge of aggravated kidnapping at the time. After the attack, his wife fled to Mexico with their child, but Maxwell kept sending her letters apologizing, and she came back to him. They then moved to Fort Worth, Texas after reuniting. His wife's family last heard from her on Mother's Day in 1992, and they reported her missing after not being able to get in touch. Maxwell told police she left on her own. He divorced her in 1995, stating one reason was that he couldn't find her. In 2011, Maxwell was accused of abducting Lois Pearson, a former neighbor who had previously rejected his sexual advances. He brought her to his home in Corsicana, Texas, and sexually tortured her for 12 days in his home before she was found alive. Investigators got the lead after reviewing her bank activity, where they saw Maxwell had just cashed a check from her for $500. Upon arriving at his home, Maxwell stepped out on his front porch to talk to investigators, and after a few minutes, Lois ran outside as he left her unrestrained at that time. Maxwell received a life sentence for the abduction and torture of Lois Pearson. Due to Maxwell's criminally violent past, investigators began to question him on other unsolved cases. However, he denied any involvement in Shonda's disappearance or death. On October 27th of 2011, 
Just a few days after a candlelight vigil was held for Shonda and was attended by more than 100 people in West City Park, a passing motorist noticed a for sale sign in a fairly secluded area at the end of Sand Hill Road in Southwest Mineral Wells and decided to stop and check out the property. The prospective buyer discovered Shonda's skull and other bones approximately 50 yards off of the gravel road. Officials used her dental records to identify her. Due to the state of her remains, a cause of death was not able to be determined. However, police stated Shonda's case is considered a homicide. Since her remains were located in such a remote area, investigators believe the crime must have been committed by a local who is familiar with the spot. On July 5, 2022, the Weatherford Democrat published a follow-up article on Shonda's case. In it, the Precinct 5 constable, Scott Meacham, stated, I still follow leads to this day. I contacted the Texas Rangers six months ago. I thought I had a good lead. There's so many rumors that have turned into myths that people believe are true. We have run down those leads. I haven't given up, and I won't as long as I'm breathing. So what could have possibly happened to Shonda? For some reason, she must have stopped her car on her way home and was met with foul play. It's odd to me that it doesn't appear Shonda ever left the town of Mineral Wells, as her car and remains were both found there. However, her phone pinged in Pedenville, Texas around 2 a.m. before it was shut off. This was only about seven minutes from her destination of Perrin. It's hard to make sense of what that piece of evidence means. What was Shonda doing between midnight when she left Tiffany and 2 a.m. when her phone pinged? Maybe Shonda's vehicle was left unlocked while she visited with Tiffany that night and somebody was waiting for her in the back seat. She likely would not have seen them right away as it was dark when she left. Maybe Shonda pulled up next to someone she knew at a stoplight rolled down her window, and decided to go somewhere with that person. This feels a little unlikely as it was late and she was probably very tired from spending the whole day on the lake. Another possibility is that someone ran her off the road, forcing her to stop her vehicle. Although this is a definite possibility, I keep thinking of how there was no damage to the exterior of her vehicle. Maybe Shonda was pulled over either by law enforcement or someone posing as such with a flashing light in their vehicle. In 2019, a man named Kenneth Spence was arrested in North Texas after impersonating a police officer and pulling over a female off-duty police officer. His vehicle, a former New Mexico patrol car, was purchased at an auction. The way the media reported this incident made the whole situation sound almost comical, with headlines such as, Fake Cop Pulls Over Real Cop. But this is actually an incredibly scary situation. What were Spence's intentions had he not pulled over an actual officer? Now just to be clear, I am not suggesting that Kenneth Spence was involved, I'm just pointing out that people do pose as law enforcement. 
Shonda's case was featured on the show Disappeared, but the show really seemed to take creative license in the telling of her story, suggesting she was at a party that night. From what I could gather and from speaking with her friend Tiffany, they did not attend a party that night. I moved to Fort Worth, Texas about a year and a half ago and knew at that time that I wanted to create this podcast. I really wanted to cover a case that was local, so I posted in a Fort Worth page asking for recommendations, and I received a number of suggestions. But for some reason, this case really stood out to me. Somebody knows what happened to Shonda, and I really hope it's only a matter of time before they come forward so her family can get the answers they really deserve. Shonda's son Hayden is now 14 years old. Her son and family still have no answers. Anyone with information can call McGuire's office at 940-659-2034, the Palo Pinto County Crime Stoppers at 940-325-0000, or the Texas Missing Persons Clearinghouse at 800 346 32 before I end this episode, I just want to give a few safety tips for drivers. And please understand, I am in no way suggesting that Shonda did anything wrong. Always lock your doors and roll up the windows. As soon as I get into my car, I lock the doors because the locks don't automatically engage until I put the car in drive. I also make sure to lock the doors as soon as I get out. Something my mom always told me when I started driving was to look underneath and around the vehicle before getting in and to look in the back seat, even if you left the vehicle locked. Pay attention to the cars around you. If you feel like a vehicle has been behind you for too long, make some random turns. See if they follow, and if they do, do not drive home. Drive to a police station and honk your horn. If you have somebody that you can trust, share your location with them. Park in well-lit areas. And if you're pulled over by an unmarked vehicle, pull into the nearest public area, like a gas station or a hospital, and call dispatch to verify it's an officer making the traffic stop. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please rate and share. To stay updated on new episodes and to see photos related to each episode, please check out facebook.com slash swansongpod. If you have a case you would like to hear covered, you can email me at swansongpod at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.